Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we are studying the Word of God. We're studying the Bible, and we are currently studying the Gospel of John. Today is episode 108. We're looking at John chapter 6, verses 41 through 51. Jesus has fed the 5,000 on the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee. Many people, well, they were all uh, very impressed with what he did, and a group of people wanted to make him king. He withdrew from them, and then he uh, left the crowd and walked across the lake, joined his disciples as they were rowing across, and then they went to the, the town of Capernaum on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee. Some of the people from the feeding site were looking for him. They crossed the lake and found him in Capernaum. And Jesus has been having this interaction with them where they are asking him to perform a miracle so that they can believe. Jesus tells them, don't be chasing after physical bread. You need spiritual food. You need the bread of life. So let's pick it up in John 6, starting with verse 41. Therefore the Jews started complaining about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I've come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Stop complaining among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has listened and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly I tell you, Anyone who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that anyone may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. Well, Jesus told him not to be looking for physical bread, and that everyone who ate the manna in the wilderness, died, but what they need is spiritual bread. They need God, the bread of God. They need the bread from heaven, and that will bring eternal life. And he says, this is the will of my Father. Everyone who sees the Son and believes in him will have eternal life. Jesus promises to raise them up on the last day. Now, verse 41, John says, therefore the Jews started complaining about him. When John normally refers to the Jews, he's referring to the religious leaders from Jerusalem. So some questions are, are they at the synagogue? We know they end up at the synagogue because verse 59 says all this occurred as he was teaching at the synagogue. But we don't know what point it got to the synagogue. The earlier stuff may have been on the shore of the lake and then they move to the synagogue, or it may all have occurred at the synagogue. I think the cleanest understanding is it's all at the synagogue. That's where they found Jesus and started having the discussion. So John uses the term the Jews. He's refer Everybody here is Jewish. He's referring specifically to the, the religious types, those that are opposing him because of their own clinging to their traditions. And they're actually missing the things of God because they're clinging to their traditions instead. So the Jews started complaining about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Now they got some problems with this. 
verse 42 it says, Isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I've come down from heaven? So they know who Jesus is. This is Capernaum. Capernaum's about 40 miles from Nazareth, and that's Jesus' hometown, Nazareth. We know uh, after the, the wedding at Cana, then some of that movement around, they were at Capernaum. So Jesus knows people in Capernaum. And there's people here that know him, know his family. And now he's saying he's come down from heaven. You didn't come from heaven. You came from Nazareth. We know you. We know your family. What are you talking about? But Jesus answered, stop complaining among yourselves. Because it said in verse 41, they started complaining about him. Then he goes on to explain things to them in verse 44. He says, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. Now, there's always been the, already been this promise to raise people up on the last day. So this promise of eternal life, this promise of resurrection. But prior to this, he had said, everyone that the Father sends me, I will raise up. Now he's saying, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. So this is, uh, again, speaking to the idea that People don't just decide on their own to become believers. They are drawn by the Father. And we say this generally. We say the, the Holy Spirit must be acting in someone's life in order for them to come to faith. And as we pray for lost people, we pray that the Holy Spirit would be working on their heart. So this is just reinforcing that, that only when God works in someone's life can they be drawn to Jesus, can they be drawn to the gospel. Then in verse 45, Jesus says, it is written in the prophets and they will all be taught by God. Well, there's two places in the prophets that have language like this. One is Isaiah 54, 13. The other is Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. And both of them talk about God will teach his people. Jeremiah adds that, says, I will put my teaching in them and write it on their hearts. This is quoted elsewhere in the New Testament, that God will write his word on his people's heart. And this is speaking to the idea that we're not talking just regular classroom teaching kind of stuff here. We're talking about the Holy Spirit moving in somebody's life and revealing things directly to them at a heart level. And this goes along with the idea that God will draw people to Jesus. Now, something important to remember is that everything we know about God comes from God. Think about that. There, there's nothing we know about God that has not been revealed to us by God. So when we think about how do we know about God? Well, we know from the Word of God. We call it the Word of God because it is God's Word. It's not just people's words about God. It is the words from God. So God has revealed himself. He's revealed himself through creation. The Bible says you can't look at the created world and not recognize there's a God. He reveals himself through his acts. And the people who recorded these acts in what we call the Bible were guided by the Holy Spirit when they did this. They were inspired by God. So these are God's words. And even as the Holy Spirit reveals things directly to us, this is stuff revealed by God. So everything we know about God has been revealed to us by God. And that goes along with what Jesus is saying here, that God's the one who teaches us things 
Everyone who's listened and learned from the Father comes to me. They will all be taught by God. In verse 46, this is not that anyone has seen the Father, except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Now, I'm not sure his intention here, whether he's putting them in their place of, okay, you religious experts, you're going to lecture to me about God? Have you seen God? I have. He's still speaking to his authority. He is the one who does reveal the Father to us. Um, Later, we'll have some interactions with the disciples. They'll say, well, show us the Father. And Jesus says, well, you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. So nobody's seen the Father except me. And I am here to reveal that to you. Then in verse 47, he has another amen, amen, I say to you moment where this is important. Truly, I tell you, anyone who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. So he's laying it out here again that he said, what is the work of God is to believe. What is the will of God that everyone who believes will have eternal life. And here he says, anyone who believes has eternal life. Then he says, I am the bread of life. He's saying he is the path to eternal life. He is the path to salvation. No one can be reconciled with God apart from Jesus Christ. That is just the way it is. So anyone who believes has eternal life. Now, they brought up the manna. They were very impressed with what they've been taught about the manna that the people received in the wilderness under the leadership of Moses. And that's where they were comparing what Moses did with manna to what Jesus did with the feeding of the 5,000. The feeding of the 5,000 was pretty impressive, but that's it's not Moses' quality. And so Jesus is now going to give them a distinction here. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that anyone may eat of it and not die. So while the people received manna, it was physical food. It sustained them. They ate it, but they still died at the end of their lives. Where what Jesus is talking about is a spiritual thing. The bread from heaven he's talking about is eternal life. And you eat this bread and you will not die. Then verse 51, he says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. So he said before, I am the bread of life. Now he shifts that a little bit from the bread of life to the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Some people want to tie this to the Lord's Supper. Uh, Those who, generally it's those who have already a strong theology of the Lord's Supper that is, is very much tied to receiving grace from God. In some traditions, when you partake of the Lord's Supper communion, you are actually receiving grace from God. And that's where you have the issues of uh, transubstantiation, where when the, the priest does the appropriate things, the, the, the bread and the wine are actually turned into the, the actual body and blood of Jesus Christ, or the consubstantiation, where they, they're both present together. You know, our tradition is we're eating bread, we're, we're drinking juice. 
and it's a symbol. There, there is uh, no actual body and, and blood there. We're, we're drinking this to remember what Jesus has done. It's a stretch. You have to be reading this into this because nowhere is, is Jesus making any inference to the Lord's Supper because he, he uses, um, we'll see this next time, the, the language he uses, the verb tenses are you eat uh, once and for all, once, and that's it. Whereas the Lord's Supper is something you keep doing. But here even the language he says, the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. What is it he's going to do? He's going to die on the cross. He's going to the crucifixion on Calvary. And flesh, where have we seen that word before? In the prologue of John, where John was introducing the, the big picture about Jesus that Jesus is the Word. He says, the Word became flesh. And this is where the, the Word became not, not alive. He was already alive. But the Word became flesh. He became human. He had a human body. Because in all the language of the Bible that talks about the Lord's Supper, it always refers to the body, not to the flesh. Here he's talking about the flesh, his flesh and blood humanity part that that's what's going to die on the cross at Calvary. And so the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So this is speaking of the crucifixion that's yet to come. So here the people, they're having trouble with what Jesus is saying because it doesn't fit with their understanding of the way it's supposed to be. Jesus is talking about being the bread of life, the bread that came down from heaven, the source of salvation. They're saying, we know you, Jesus. We know your family. You're not from heaven. You're from Nazareth. And it's about to get ugly here as we continue going through this narrative. And so join me next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.